Hello, everyone. I'm Dr. Wendy Myers. Today, we have a special treat for you. We have Dr. Andrew Campbell on the show, and he's going to be talking about breast implant illness, the signs and symptoms of breast implant illness, and you know why these are the common symptoms that can be attributed to a lot of different health issues. Uh, we also talk about how platinum is used in the manufacture of the implant capsule, and also how that goes straight to your brain, affecting brain performance, cognition, and causing brain fog. We also talk about how breast implants that are silicone or saline can grow mold in them. And a lot of symptoms women have are in response to mold mycotoxins. Very interesting. Uh, Dr. Campbell also talks about his various research studies that he has done on breast implant illness and the, the issues with breast implants and his many years experience, 30 years of experience in treating women with breast implant illness. And we also talk about, you know, what supplements you need, how to detox, um, and, and the various things you need to do to recover from breast implant illness and the importance of finding the right surgeon as well, someone who has experience in removing breast implants. So really good show for you for anyone concerned that they're, they can't find an underlying root cause of their health issues and they have breast implants. And this is a must listen for any woman who's considering uh, getting breast implants and, you know, and the, the realistic health issues that they may be facing. And, you know, doctors typically, you know, plastic surgeons doing these surgeries are not going to disclose or fully disclose these health issues, or to maybe just be ignorant um, of the research and the health issues. Uh, we're in denial about that. Um, but these issues are real. There are thousands of women in Facebook groups that claim that their breast implants are causing them health issues. So this is a very good show for you to hear. Um, I personally had my breast implants removed about five, five, six years ago now. Definitely saw a lot of improvements in my health. Uh, I had, you know, I felt like I had less inflammation. I had uh, better energy. I had better sleep. I had less fatigue. I had less brain fog. I, I feel like I have a lot better brain functioning now and, uh, you know, done a lot of detox for sure, but I had done a lot of detoxification before I had my breast implants removed and I was still having a lot of like just minor issues, uh, but issues nonetheless that I kind of was exasperated about that I didn't really seem to have any answers for. So I'm very, very happy I had my implants removed. But like many women, I had concerns about how my breasts were going to look following surgery. Um, I was willing to take those risks, uh, but I also found a very, very good surgeon. And we talk about how to do that um, on this podcast. And I also had to have a breast lift as well, because if you have fairly large implants, you know, you're going to have a lot of extra skin. So I actually had implants removed, but also had to have a breast lift as well. So that's going to be a reality for a lot of women removing their implants. So a lot of things to consider, but excellent, excellent show today. So I know you guys listening are concerned about your body burden of toxins. And so I created a quiz you can take at heavymetalsquiz.com and it takes just a few minutes to get your results and get a free video series following doing the quiz to answer a lot of your frequently asked questions about how to detox, what that entails, and just answers a lot of your questions. So just take it. It takes a couple of seconds at heavymetalsquiz.com. Our guest today, uh, Dr. Andrew Campbell, he is a medical clinician 
director, officer, advisor, and medical consultant, also editor-in-chief of several medical journals and research studies. And uh, Dr. Campbell has also treated the most complex breast implant illness patients, having extensive experience with testing for molds and mycotoxins from environmental and toxic exposures. Dr. Campbell's areas of expertise include his treatment of thousands of patients with complex medical conditions from toxic exposures, specifically mold and mycotoxins, Lyme disease, pesticides, household solvents, silicone breast implants, industrial chemicals, and more. Upon moving to Texas, he began serving as a medical director at the Medical Center for Immune and Toxic Disorders for over 25 years. And aside from his medical career, Dr. Campbell is a sought-after lecturer and speaker nationally and internationally at medical conferences for over 25 years at Oxford University in England and Harvard School of Medicine. He's also published over 100 studies of his findings in peer reviewed medical journals and medical textbook chapters, including 23 studies on breast implants and their health effects. Dr. Andrew Campbell, thank you so much for coming on the show. Well, thank you for having me. It was very exciting. Yes. Yes. So why don't you tell me a little bit about your background and your research on breast implant illness? When I, I practiced in Houston for a number of years, when I was down there, I saw a number of women who had uh, all kinds of problems with fatigue, aches and pains, developing autoimmune disorders, etc. And some were young, some were not so young, some were tall or short, some were and all kinds, all kinds, all ages. And I couldn't figure out the commonality between them. So I used to stay late at night and back before computers would help and looking through charts, what did they have in common? Why do these women all have the same symptoms? And then it it showed in reviewing the charts that they had breast implants. So I started um, looking, and in those days it was not easy. There was no email. So I started looking um, where in the medical library there's there's two medical schools across the street from each other, Baylor and University of Texas School of Medicine. So it was but one big library, and I used to spend my weekends down there looking through, and I found a few mentions in there of autoimmune disorders, et cetera. And I went to a conference, and I saw there um, an exhibit by a laboratory, which they looked at immune uh, cells and uh, sophisticated testing, Cy- flow cytometry, it's called. And I said, this is it. Well, this laboratory was in Los Angeles, and I'm in Houston. So I st- started sending um, blood serum to them from these women. And sure enough, the test came back that they their immune system was dysregulated, that they were developing um, uh, autoimmune disorders, etc., so I called the, med- the director of that laboratory, Dr. Vrzdani, PhD, and he knew somebody else that was also seeing these patients in lo- these types of patients in Los Angeles, Dr. Brabar. And so the three of us got together and decided that we've got to share this information because a lot of doctors were just treating these symptoms without knowing what's going on with the patient. And Basically, that's how it started, and we eventually ended up publishing 22, 23 studies 
in medical journals and medical textbooks. And then we were called to the National I was called to the National Institutes of Health in Bethesda to testify about my studies on breast implants. I did, and six months later, they shut down the breast implant industry because they were not safe. What had happened is breast implants existed before the FDA. So when the FDA was founded, the breast implants were grandfathered in. They never had to go through the uh, proving that they're safe. So that's basically the background. And then I couldn't figure out women would get explanted. Silicone or saline created the same problems. There was no difference. Finally, I found a doctor and after looking all over, found a doctor in Montreal, Canada, a PhD also, Dr. Pierre Blay. And Dr. Blay um, and I got along famously because we I was educated in the French part of Switzerland and he spoke basically French with a smidgen of English. So that made it a lot easier to communicate with all these scientific issues and medical issues. And he told me, I said, I, I can't understand why the women don't get better. And he said, have you thought about molds? I said, what do you mean molds? He says, well, the implants have molds in them. So where do they get the molds into the implant? He says, during the manufacturing process. And then he told me about, did you check for heavy metals? I said, where would heavy metals come from? Well, during the manufacturing process, part of that includes platinum. So here's heavy metals and here's molds and molds have mycotoxins and these are mycotoxins are very toxic to the human body so that's the back general background of silicone breast implants and molds and mycotoxins wow yeah and it's 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 tough because women are not being warned or uh they're not being or even if they go to their plastic surgeon they're saying oh there's there's no scientific evidence that there's a uh, breast implants uh, breast implants cause autoimmune diseases or or other health issues and it's just it's nonsense i was told that also by a plastic surgeon who was explanting me told me that there's there's just no scientific literature that uh breast implant breast implants are causing autoimmune diseases or other health issues and i said well that doesn't really make sense if you can develop an autoimmune response to a blueberry or a banana or a food, why wouldn't you be able to develop an immune response to a breast implant? Correct. And although there's epidemiological evidence, not only just evidence from a number of studies, yes, 20 some odd from our group, but there's many other groups that also have written. Dr. Jean Feng up in Cleveland was with Cleveland Clinic and now she's out on her own. Um, has written extensively also about what her findings are and how much better patients eventually get with the right treatment after explantation. And it didn't matter whether it was studies by with silicone implants or saline implants. The same goes for European studies. Um, a, a, a Dutch study in, from Holland did the same, and they took hundreds of women, not just a few. So and on and on. It's all over the world. Their studies have come out and showed this is what they show. 
but you have to understand if if I tell if you have a business and that business is making implants, you don't want it to diminish. And if and if you have a different if you're someone else and you have a different business in putting these implants in and you're making a very good living off of that, you don't want that very good living to go away. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my doctor was doing explant surgeries. And so he was making money explanting them as well. And I'm still being told this. So it's just, but I think there's, you know, there's a lot of doctors aren't reading all the literature or they're just outright, you know, just not telling their, their patients uh, the hundred percent truth. Um, can you tell us like what some of the symptoms are? I mean, you mentioned a few of them, but what should a woman be looking for in regards to symptoms or health issues uh, if she has breast implants and is concerned? Fatigue aches and pains, especially in joints. I've treated women who are in their early 30s. And for them to get up from a sitting position and start walking, they're like a 90-year-old. It's amazing. So that ache and that pain in joints and muscles, weak muscles. They also have brain fog. They can't think straight. And some of them actually develop autoimmune disorders. We'll go see a rheumatologist who will put them on rheumatological drugs, which only serve to basically hide the symptoms, but it doesn't cure anything. Whereas the explantation and treatment does cure. So these women also will have problems with balance. They'll have uh, anxiety and depression because this heavy metals affect the brain. And it's yeah, if if you feel terrible and you have aches and pains and brain fog, of course you're going to be depressed and anxious. But don't go see a psychiatrist because that's only going to cover this. You know, it's going to sweep the problem under the rug. It's not really an effective treatment. And plus, women who go see the psychiatrist, most of the drugs used in psychiatry will not have an effect on them. They have also issues with. Uh, learning new things, short-term memory loss, gut issues. Uh, They're sometimes diagnosed as having SIBO or um, uh, irritable bowel syndrome or some other inflammatory bowel disorder. And they also sometimes have problems breathing, respiratory issues. And those are, in general, the main problems affecting these women. And do you think that uh, the body would launch an inflammatory response uh, to the implants? or Because if you have body-wide inflammation, that's going to contribute to weight gain and resistant weight loss as well, I imagine. Oh, yeah. So they, it goes both ways. Someone, some women will lose weight because of their gut issues. And other women, doesn't matter if they go on a salad diet and all they eat all day, every day is salad, they won't be able to lose an ounce. And so it's very disheartening because they're trying very hard to improve their health and it, and it won't work because you have this, these um, implants that are causing an immune reaction. What they cause is what we call an immune dysregulation. So the immune system gets confused and starts attacking things it shouldn't attack, which means it attacks self. And that's the autoimmune part. But it's unable, like these these women have problems with, say, going down the aisle at the supermarket where there's all the cleansers and 
and soaps, etc., because the odors make them sick. They become sensitive, what we call multiple chemical sensitivity. Things that uh, uh, perfume or some makeup they used to use, now they can't use it because it, either they break out or they feel bad when they use it. So these are all the immune dysregulations that silicone breast implants can cause in women. Yeah, and imagine with this immune dysregulation and overstimulation, they can also develop food sensitivities and reactions to things they wouldn't normally react to. Yes. So it's not only the perfumes and the odors, but it's also the foods. And it's also what is in foods or how it's packaged. So all those things they become sensitive to because the glass, well, imagine a glass and their glass or bottle is full to the top. So even one drop of something makes it spill over. They can't tolerate anything. They're at, their, at the end. They can't do anything else. And it's very frustrating, of course, and, and produces a lot of anxiety. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people listening to this show that are looking for answers and that get to that point where they can't tolerate food. They can't tolerate supplements. They can't do detoxification. They're just so, uh, like you said, their their bucket is completely full that they are just kind of at a standstill as to what to do. Um, so can women get well again after having breast implant illness and having the, the breast implants explanted? Oh, of course. Um, you know, again, uh, I've treated thousands and thousands of thousands of women. And um, fortunately now, women, there are doctors who can explant knowledgeably and have the experience that leaves a cosmetically okay. But 30 years ago, plastic surgeons were taught how to put them in, not to how to take them out. But now, fortunately, they, they have learned. So as uh, the women can get the first thing to do, of course, the first rule of toxicology, and these things are toxic to their bodies, first rule of toxicology, get the toxin away from the patient or the patient away from the toxin. So by explantation, that's the first step. The other step is you got to find out if the molds affected you. And for that, you do a serum test for mycotoxins. And you treat that, and all of a sudden, the clouds go away and the sun shines through and you're you're fine again. You're like you were before. Yeah. And so what is there any other tests the doctor should order to find out if you're reacting to your breast implants or you said do a serum test for mold? There was a test at the time with silicone antibodies no longer available because the person that the lab that laboratory the person that ran it retired. Uh, what is still available is the test for the um, uh, serum mycotoxins. You can't use the urine. It won't work. You have to do the serum mycotoxins. And the uh, and that's from uh, a laboratory, mymycolab.com. The uh, other part of that is in some patients, they'll have immune dysregulation and that comes through on examination as well as the history. If that's so, there is a laboratory that you can use to do what we call the flow cytometry to find out how it's dysregulated. 
But many, many women at that point have already spent money and, and don't want to spend another, I don't know, $1,000 to find out how their immune system is. It would be better for them just to get rid of this problem so that they get the explant out, they find out if they have mycotoxins, they get treated for this, and they tolerate it. That's a very important factor because when they have the implants, they don't tolerate anything, any any vitamin even. Yeah. They have a lot of problems. So once they get treated, it's and it's and it was we published the treatment. Uh, we have several papers that show what the treatment is. Yeah, yes. Course, Tell us that. What what is the treatment for for breast implant illness? How do people recover? So you take the implants out, and then you start you 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 do the the test for the uh, the blood serum test for mycotoxins, and treat that because once you once your immune system is dysregulated, you can't count on it to help you. So you've got to go to medication such as an antifungal, uh, Spornox, for example. That's the one. I I've used in the great majority of women, and you help the immune system by giving antioxidants. What are antioxidants? The, one of the best ones is vitamin C. Vitamin C, we can't store, and we don't make vitamin C. So every day, some vitamin C, you've also got to give anti-inflammatories, such as not, not medical, not medication, but curcumin, for example. Is a great anti-inflammatory resveratrol from the skin of uh, uh, dark grapes. All those things are anti-inflammatory and help the woman as well. They've got to take some extra magnesium. Uh, in in taking magnesium, there are six types of magnesium. You have to take the right kind because some don't get absorbed as easily. And in taking magnesium, you need a, a hefty dose. Now, normally, magnesium, if you take a tablet of magnesium at, say, 1 p.m. in the afternoon, by 3 p.m., 4 p.m., that's peaked in your blood and already gone out through the kidneys. So you've got to find the right kind that is a long-acting one. And they're, they're, this is all available. Um, there's a lab in uh, um, a, a supplement lab and um, I think somewhere in the southwestern United States, it makes what is called MAG-SRT. It's called, it's a company called Jigsaw Health. And that magnesium, you need to take 1,000 milligrams in the morning and you need to take 1,000 milligrams in the evening. And plus, it'll help you sleep if you're having problems sleeping. The other thing you have to take is melatonin, but only three milligrams, not these massive doses that some people are thrilled with. Why? Because melatonin studies at the University of Texas San Antonio branch have shown that it helps clear toxins from the brain. And if we have platinum in our brain, we need to clear that out. And that's what melatonin helps to do. And um, phosphatidylserine, which is also a supplement, and I recommend Clara Labs for that one, with a K. Clara Labs, phosphatidylserine has shown in double-blind, placebo-controlled, randomized studies that it helps with remyelinating nerves. Why? Because heavy metals affect the myelin. The myelin coats all our nerves, 
And when that is affected, that's when you get the balance issues, the numbness and tingling issues, the brain fog issues, short-term memory loss, sleep disturbance, et cetera. Well, it helps bring all that back. Lastly, you should take a good high-dose vitamin B complex because B complex should stand for brain complex because that's you know B1, thiamine, B2, B3, B6, B12, folic acid, folate, all of that help the brain immensely. There's a study done in Manchester, University of Manchester in England where they took people who had this kind of situation of brain issues, et cetera, and divided them into two groups, 250 and 250. They did brain MRIs, neuro, neuropsychological testing on every one of them, and told one group, do what your doctor tells you. And the other group, they said, do what your doctor tells you, but also take this high-dose vitamin B complex. One year later, they repeated the MRI and repeated the neuropsychological evaluations. And the group that took the B-complex high-dose was much better off. So it's a good way to ascertain that women take these things to help them get back to where they once were before they had the implants. And it doesn't matter if you're 20, 40, 60, it's the same process. It affects the body the same way and the treatment is the same. Fantastic. Yeah. And I love that, you know, giving hope to women who are dealing with health issues and, you know, you have to rule all these things out, including maybe your breast implants uh, as a cause. And can you tell us some stories of some, you know, patients that came to you and what their symptoms were and their stories of recovery? Sure. Sure. Well, one of them you've seen in movies. And she was very distressed because, uh, I mean, what she did was acting and she couldn't, she couldn't remember her lines. Uh, she couldn't remember, uh, what, you know, how to do what, what was she was supposed to do, walk from A to B. Well, she'd get confused halfway, turn around and go back and they'd have to cut and cut and cut. And so finally she says, there's something wrong with me. Beautiful, beautiful actress very popular still. And um, she had brain fog. She couldn't remember things. She had to write. She walked around with one of these little uh, post-it pads because she, she'd forget everything. And, of course, she had an assistant uh, who kept her on schedule for everything, but it, it wasn't working anymore. She couldn't sleep. She became irritable. Um, she had joint aches and pains, shoulders, neck, back, hips, knees, wrists, elbows. So acting was becoming impossible. Um, and finally, uh, it because, I mean, it's, it's uh, someone talked to her, not a doctor, but someone talked to her and said, you know, there's this guy in Houston who has helped a number of women. Why don't you go see him? So she came, and she came with, with her assistant and various other people to help her that she depended on now because she was very, very um, in distress. And, and, and that's a common thing in women with breast implants because they're, 
they're distressed. They don't know what to do. I, you know, I want to look beautiful, but I don't want to lose my health. What do I do? They need guidance. They need help. And they need hope, most of all, that, yes, you can get well again. So we did the testing. And, yes, she showed up with all kinds of immune dysregulation. And she showed up with a number of uh, microtoxins. And, um, of course, she had to fly back to uh, Los Angeles. So we kept the, um, the, we did it in that time by phone, would you believe? No Zoom or anything like that. And um, I had to go give a lecture out in, in, uh, at a medical conference in Los Angeles. And I borrowed a, a colleague's clinic because obviously she didn't want me driving with a taxi cab to her home. Um, so we met at the clinic where she could get in anonymously and um, uh, kept on. And after about six, seven months, she is absolutely fine. She was back. And oh, every time I saw her after that, for, because I'd go out to Los Angeles for a conference or whatever, I'd get this huge hug around my neck from this beautiful, gorgeous woman. Um, and it was, but she she had a good heart. She has a very good heart, very intelligent, very bright young woman. Well, well, she's no longer young, but she's a great person. Fantastic. Yeah. And is there anything else that you want to say to, to women that are thinking about getting breast implants or thinking about uh, removing their breast implants and what to expect? Okay. And thinking about your breast implants and you're young, you just... Or you're not young, but uh, you know you've you've had four babies, and you want to look good again. And you go to the gym and you do all the things to you know bring your body back into shape, so to speak. But you feel that you need that implant, those implants, to help you look um, fabulous in a bathing suit, etc. Um, or just for your sake, your own sake. It doesn't have to be for other people. And uh, I would say to you, be very cautious. Be very cautious. And if they say, oh, saline are safe. No, every every study published in peer-reviewed medical journals show that it doesn't matter if it's one or the other. They all have inside of them things that you don't want, molds, and they all are made, their shell the process of making them goes with platinum. And you don't want any mercury, platinum, arsenic, lead, or anything like that in your body. It's bad. It is, it, it's, it's terrible for the brain. It's the first place that it goes to. On women that have come to the position where they're ready, not only physically, but mentally, to have this removed, make sure that the doctor who's removing them is experienced. You don't want to go to someone who's done three of these. You want somebody who's done 300. So make sure you look for either in your area or maybe, it, yes, you might have to travel to a nearby city, but make sure that whoever you go see is experienced so you, so you still have some form and shape that is pleasant, not just... Remove it, and that's it. 
Yeah, I think that was my biggest fear in removing my implants was how I was going to look afterwards. I'm super happy. I, I'm very happy with the way that I look. I was very surprised. I went to a very good doctor though, and I, I interviewed several doctors uh, and this doctor had done over 300 explants and done a study on them, published a study about it and and whatnot. And, but you know, it costs $15,000, you know, it's not covered by insurance. I'm sure there's some women that can get their, uh, their coverage, uh, their insurance to cover the surgery. But yeah, I, I'm very, very happy with it. But that was one of my biggest fears was, you know, how, how I was going to look afterwards. Yes. And it's, it's a realistic fear. It's, it's not a, uh, I don't know, a myth or anything. It's a real fear because it changes you. And, but if you go to someone good, the only person I can recommend is the one I know. Um, it's not that there aren't any others. I'm sure there's many others like the one who helped you. Uh, Dr. Jean Feng, F-E-N-G, up in Cleveland has, this is 30 years of explantation, thousands and thousands of explants. So she's an expert at leaving a woman looking absolutely lovely. Plus she's a woman and that helps a lot in my opinion. Uh, yeah. And I mean, I went, I'm happy with mine. I went to Dr. David Stokes in Marina del Rey in uh, Los Angeles, California. But, uh, you know, I looked, I interviewed with another surgeon who I later found out was just a cosmetic surgeon. He wasn't even a board certified plastic surgeon, but yet was advertising his services as being an explant surgeon. So you really have to be careful. I, I was be very fearful of what would have happened if I had done my surgery with this person. So you really have to to do your homework and it's not to be taken lightly. But is, is there anything else that you want to say to people or anything that comes to mind when it comes to breast implants or breast implant illness? Yes. The explantation is the first step. Then you need to help your body return to normal. And you do that basically through certain supplements we've mentioned them here. There's a few others that can be used as well. And those are very, very important to get you as a woman back to this wonderful, yesterday was International Women's Day. So this is a very appropriate discussion because this, the it's not only explantation, that is part of the problem. It's not all the problem. It, that's the first big step. The second is to get you back, and that takes about six months. And at six months, you're healthy, you're strong again, you feel wonderful, you're you, you're no longer depressed, you don't have any anxiety, you sleep good, you're ready to make a difference in the world. Yeah, and I, I have to say, I did feel so much better, not right away, but over time, I had less fatigue. I felt like I just felt so much better. I had more energy more mental clarity. And I didn't have any major health issues or autoimmune or things like that, but I don't know what kind of immune processes I had. I didn't do any testing or anything of that nature, um, but I, I absolutely felt better and I got sick less often and just lots of lots of improvements. But I've had friends do before and after their explant, the inflammation in their face came down dramatically. Like you could vis visibly see the reduction in this person's inflammation. And 
And, you know, this is, this is real. I mean, there's Facebook groups with tens of thousands of women in these breast implant illness groups. And so it's definitely not just in the research, but there's lots of women uh, struggling with this issue. And that's why I wanted to do this podcast with you. So thank you so much for coming on and, and the work that you've done over the years to publish all these studies, warning women about the dangers of breast implants. Well, thank you. Thank you. That's very kind of you to say that. Yes. Well, everyone, thanks so much for joining us for the Meyer Tea Talks podcast. I'm Dr. Wendy Myers, and every week I bring you experts from around the world to help you upgrade your health and give you those little pieces of the puzzle uh, that you're searching for listening to this podcast. So thanks for tuning in every week. The Myers Detox Podcast is created and hosted by Wendy Myers. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Wendy Myers and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.